Okay, Erev Tov, we continue after a little hiatus with the Rambam. We're still working our way through chapter 46. We're discussing the very uh, physical um, items that are connected to Hashem. And we've explained um, that these are all anthropomorphic terms. And we deal with, um, even though the other terms we learned, we're able to fudge them and say they're metaphors and here it's really much more difficult to. And we've explained that's really it's the only way we can explain things to people. And now we continue. There's it, a little bit of repetition here, so I don't have to repeat what we did before because Ram is going to sort of repeat it himself here. So he says, The general rule we can say, Hashem is beyond any deficiencies. And we use metaphors of the physical tools that are used, Lahoris Bahen Almasov, to teach us about his actions. Vushalosimasim, and we're using anthropomorphic terms, metaphors, for his actions, Lahoris Bahen Al Shlemus, to show what perfection he has, Masha which is not the essence of what makes the perfection of Hashem. Remember, we're talking about hands and uh, and fingers and things. And we're just using them as metaphors to show that Hashem is able to do things. But the fact that Hashem does things and we use the hands, that's not really what defines what Hashem really is. But we're just using it to show that He does things. So from our perspective, that's what a real thing is able to do. Okay, but that's not really showing the essential nature of how Hashem does things. He does things because He just does that. So Hamashal Bazet, the the analogy of that, the metaphor, who shall all, so therefore, for example, um, that uh, we use it, ha'ay in the eye, va'ozen and the ear, va'yad in the hand, va'peh and the mouth, va'loshen and the tongue, all that is l'horus ben al-hari'iya va'hashema va'maisa v'dibur. It's coming to show us some aspect of seeing, hearing, action, and speech. And and we're using a metaphor of seeing and listening to show us really God's perception, his general perception. So when we say that he sees and hears, it really means he perceives. For example, if we're going to find the exactly wrong item for what we really mean to say, such as, the Hebrew languages, Mishtamesh will use with the use of a specific sensory item, in the place of using another one that really should have been used. We're going to see the Torah uses one sensory item for another one. You'll see why. For example, Omar, Reu Devar Hashem. This is Yirmiyah, the first source you got on the sheet over there. Hador atem dvar Hashem hamidaber. See the, the word of Hashem, um, and he's talking about uh, what he's talking about. Look at Rashi right over there below. Reu dvar Hashem hotsi lachem sinsena someone. He showed him the flask in the man last week's parsha. Yeah. So see how much the dvar Hashem helps. Okay. So what does it mean that we should see the word of Hashem? Wait a minute, see the word of Hashem? That's not the right word. 
see the word of Hashem. You should hear the word of Hashem. It's coming, coming, coming. Ruth Hashem. She got it. She got it. You're on the tracks. You're on the tracks. Bimakom Shimu. It used it in the place of listen. It should have said listen to the word of Hashem. Why is it see? Because what's the goal? Is the goal to listen or to perceive? Because the goal is to, um, um, to comprehend the words of Hashem. Okay? So therefore, when it's saying to, to see the words of Hashem, it really means to comprehend the words of Hashem. Or when Yitzchak said to Esav, or was it Yaakov? One second. So, uh, yes, it was Yaakov. And source number two. He smelled his clothes. He put Vayomer. He says, See, the reach beneath, the smell of my son is like the smell of the field. You see the smell? So then, The smell is the smell of my son. Okay, that's what I see. That the smell is as well. Some I I comprehend that. Kiyamatari. The goal was hasogas hareach to comprehend the smell. Valpizen emar, and therefore it says like this: Val roim asakolos. They saw the thunder. But it says they saw the thunder. So what does it mean? It means they perceived the thunder. There's a lot to talk about this. But the Rambam, even though he says this, he now throws in a little wrench here. In spite of the fact that this um, standing at Sinai, it was in a prophetic experience. As was well known in this nation. So he tells us that we will look later in the second volume and we'll have it in uh, chapter 33. It's going to go in great detail of this. But what do you see the Rambam? Why is he throwing this thing? He's saying, that it was... Although the passage contains a distributed prophetical vision. What's the although? He's trying to say that a lot of times we'll use certain physical things of seeing instead of hearing in a place you know, and hearing what's seen, etc., etc. And that's what he's saying is that he's saying that uh, they, the people saw the, 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 the thunder, which really should have mean they heard the thunder, means they perceived what the thunder was about. And what was that perception? Whatever that was, it was a perception. But then the realm was, although it was a prophetic vision. What's the realm saying with although it was a prophetic vision? If it's a prophetic vision, then you could see things. Because that's not a sham. It's a dream. Remember, Ramam said long ago, if it's a dream, you can see whatever you want to see. That's not a sham. So that's the realm is like throwing in, even though we could say that he saw the thunder, so it means they comprehended what the thunder was about, even though it was a prophetic vision. 
So this is very interesting. So, you know, we can't pass this by without looking at the kuzari here. So we're going to look at the kuzari, and we'll, this is just whet your appetite for, like, I don't know, five months from now. When we'll five get, months? We'll get to the real topic over here. Okay, hang on. No. Does a prophecy not happen? All prophecies have to happen, Shelley, but true. When you have a prophecy, did it happen or not? Of course it happened. Now, is anything going on in the physical world outside you? No, it's going on inside your head. Are you going to say, and you're not, but you wouldn't want to say a prophecy didn't occur. Something happened. The Navi got a message, right? You're going to say he didn't get a message? He had a terrible, he had a dream, and in the dream, Hashem gives him the message. Hashem uses all the chemicals in his brain, so to speak, to conjure up this image that's directed by Hashem. It is from Hashem. Now, I know you're going to say, how do you know it's from Hashem and the guy's not just a lunatic? Good question. That's a good question, but you have to have training in prophet school to know there's a lunacy and prophecy. Okay? So, Rabbi was saying, although this was a prophecy, why do you say, although this was a prophecy? Because if it's a if it's a prophecy, then we don't have to worry about any anthropomorphic ideas, because that's in your mind. But that's not Hashem. I'm sorry. Why is the Rambam saying this? Why shouldn't he? If, if he thinks it is a prophet, well, how else is God going to communicate to them? but the actual people there and seeing what's going on. So Shelley, how did you communicate all this? How did God communicate? Well, we really had that discussion. God telepath, like. So what is that? What's that telepathic? What is that? Okay. So anyway, okay. So very good. Let's just let's just put this on hold just for temporary. We're not forgetting about it. But let's see what the Kuzari has to say, and then we'll see where the differences lie over here. And we're just taking like uh, this this from Rabbi Korupkin's uh, book, his translation. Long ago, he did this like 20 years ago, I think. Yeah, he, there's a rabbi of scholarship in, in, in L.A. Yes. Okay, so here's a little excerpt. So, even though the Jewish nation believed in God and Moshe as a result of all the miracles, there still lingered in their hearts one question. How could God speak to them? Perhaps they thought the origins of their religion were man-made and that these origins only helped to induce divine aid and might. They had difficulty attributing speech to an entity that was not human, for after all, speech is a physical act. God wished to remove this doubt from their hearts. He therefore commanded them at Mount Sinai to sanctify themselves both internally and externally. To accomplish this, God required that they separate from their wives and prepare themselves to hear the word of God. They thus made themselves holy and prepared themselves to achieve prophecy and moreover to hear the words of God face to face, meaning without intermediaries. After three days, wondrous things began to happen. There were sounds and thunder, and a fire surrounded Mount Sinai. The nation then heard God proclaim Ten Commandments in a very lucid voice. This type of prophecy is unlike that described by the philosophers, and he's including Rambam in this, namely that of the, that the soul when it's purified in thought, attaches itself to the active intellect or to the angel Gavriel, who then guides the individual to prophecy. 
This later experience may occur in a dream or in a state of quasi-sleep. The individual, quote, hears the words, but through his soul, not his ears. He sees the vision, but through his thoughts, not his eyes. He then attests that God spoke to him. Okay, that is the Rambam's opinion, basically. Okay, now, this belief of the philosophers was disproved <laughs> by the great event at Sinai, which was an actual physical confrontation, according to the Kuzari. Uh, so that's what the rabbi says. The Kuzari then, the, the king, says, someone who hears you say that God spoke with your people, that he wrote tablets for them, and other such anthropomorphisms will conclude that you believe in a physical God. It would seem that you could not condemn such a person, because you cannot dispute the great physical revelations of God that you just mentioned. It would also then be correct for you to reject the philosopher's path of arriving at religion through proofs and intellectual analysis since your historical revelations supersede all else. Turn the page. The rabbi said, God forbid such an ascription to him. Oh my goodness. Never does the Torah write something that logic dictates as false, meaning that God would be physical. To wit, the first of the Ten Commandments is to believe in God. The second prohibits worship of other gods in addition to God and making idols and graven images which represent God. The result of the first two, then, is the repression of attributing anything physical to God. Okay, so how are you going to get out of this, Kuzari? <laughs> we nevertheless cannot deny what happened at Sinai. Must therefore say <laughs> that we do not understand how God's manifestation turned into a physical speech that penetrated our ears. In other words, God manifested a speech that came into our ears, but it's not that God spoke. Okay, in other words, God did something, and it wasn't his voice talking. He projected sound waves that made some kind of speech to us. I don't know how he did it. He used AI. He just used AI. Yeah. But whatever. God was able to do it. So he feels this was not a, a real prophecy per se that you're asleep at or things like that. But God somehow was able to create a voice. That's not his voice. Create a voice. And he says, similarly, God was able to create sound waves that form words by the time they reach the prophet's ear. And those words convey what God wants to create to the prophet or the people. So there's something very physical that went on. And he explains with the making of the Ten Commandments. God did something. He didn't take his hands and chisel it out. He created some force that made the letters of the tablets. So this is clearly his position. The Rambam, we're gonna say is, well, it was a prophecy. Now, Rambam will say, everyone had a prophecy on a different level, and everybody heard things differently. Now, they all heard the idea of the Ten Commandments, but the way they heard it would be a little different than the way Moshe heard it. We'll leave that for later on. But the point the Rambam is saying that if it really was a real prophecy, there's nothing to worry about. But we'll use these terms to say that they saw things, um, they saw the lightning, so that means uh, they, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, seeing uh, anything godly in a dream, because it's not a shame. It's just not, it's just not a shame. So again, Hashem just 
created a wind or whatever that just wrote the letters. That's what the Kuzari says. Hashem didn't take his hands and write it. He said, you know, it, whatever he did, all of a sudden the tablets start, you know, etching in. You know, it's like, uh, what do you call it? What's a bewitched? Shake the nose, and all of a sudden the room is clean. She didn't do anything. So, whatever. Hashem created, made some forces, impact upon it, right? And, and make that happen. So this is just a small example. Now there is another pshat that the Nefesh Chaim brings. That's always good to, to mention. That when Chazal are saying, you know, so now you really understand they saw what was heard, they heard what was seen. So that means they comprehended. That's for sure what was that they comprehended. So the Nefesh Chaim says the difference between hearing and seeing in comprehension terms is See, hearing means you're comprehending it a little bit, but you totally don't get it. Seeing, seeing means you totally comprehend it. Okay, so that's the idea of I hear what you're saying and I see what you mean. So what is it? What? They're not the same. I hear what you're words. saying, but I don't necessarily agree, and I may not even understand what you're saying. I see what you mean. Oh, oh, this I see is what you're saying. Okay, but but the deeper the deeper understanding is the way Nevshaim explains it is that if I say to you, Shelley, that that table there in front of you, you're only seeing a figment of your imagination. You know what that really is? It's a bunch of letters there that are putting energies into that table from Hashem that's making that table. You know what's really there? Letters. Now, I just told you that, so, so Do you see what I mean or do you hear what I say? Now, there's a real table in front of you, Shelly. Do you hear what I say or see what I mean? Okay, so the table is something that you see, the energy is something that you hear, right? So now what happened? Now they were able to hear what, the, what until this time they could see. And they could see what until this time they could hear. Which means, so now, so before Sinai, they saw a table. That's the real thing. I see what you mean. There's a table over there. No, no, there's energies. Oh, oh I hear what you're saying, Rabbi, but I, I trust you. You're a nice guy. But I, I just hear what you're saying. I don't see what you mean. When, when they came to Sinai, what Hashem did to them is that they now saw the letters. And they didn't see the table anymore. Now they're told, you know, that table you saw before, it's, it's letters. Yeah, I see what you mean. Wait a minute, but yesterday you said I hear what you're saying. I see, we could see what you could hear. And then, and then you're only seeing letters. I say, Shelly, there's a real table there. What are you talking about? I, I hear what you're saying. I used to see what you meant, but I heard what you're saying. So that's the deeper understanding of their, of, and that's what it means. They, they saw the thunder. So what do they see? Shelly, what do they see when they saw the thunder? The letters. The letters. And they heard that which was seen, meaning to say that God said, you know, there's really a lightning bolt there. 
Thunderbolt. I can't, I can't see oh, it. I can't see it. I just see the letters. I see the letters, but I hear what you say. So that that's the deeper understanding of that. Shelly, that's a whole new concept for you. That's <laughs> very understandable, though. So that so they didn't see Hashem. They just saw certain things that uh, you know they understood certain <laughs> concepts. So that's what he's saying over there. Okay, going back. Now I'm on my next page over here. And we use as a metaphor action and speech to teach about a special, a specific flow that flows for Hashem as will be explained in the second volume of the work. Nimsa comes out. Anytime we hear about a physical utensil, meaning hands, fingers, that, that's what he means. You find in all the words of the prophets who, oh, it's going to either be it's an organ of movement to show the things alive because remember for us, our concept of life is movement even though that really doesn't mean it's alive. Remember, that's a, it's, it's incidental. You could be alive without moving, but we use life as moving as life. Okli trusha, are we going to use a, a, set, a, a tool of senses, loras al hasaga, to apprehend things? Okli hapaula, or a utensil of action like hands and feet, loras al maisa, to teach about action. Okli dibor, or tools of speech, loras al shefa hasichli salavim, the intellectual flow that goes to the prophets, kamoshi's bar, as will be explained. Benimza comes out, Tadrich Kol Olsen Hashalos and the reason we use all these metaphors is to establish us, to let us know there is an, a, 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 something that's found, that's alive, and does things outside of itself. And also understands what's going on that people do, it's all revealed to them. And we will discuss later on in chapter 53 when we talk about the negation of any terms. How it's all going to one idea. That Hashem is only one. The fact that we will negate all these physical terms to Hashem is to show that everything Hashem does is only one. But I'm not going to get there now. I don't want to talk about that. Because that's not the goal of this chapter. We're only explaining the physical tools, like the body parts that we relate to Hashem. But he's he's beyond any deficiency that would need these types of tools. But they're all trying to be metaphors to show us what activities these tools usually do we would consider someone to be perfect if they had these tools. And we ascribe that to Hashem, just so that Hashem is perfect. To show he's perfect in every way. As we mentioned, the Torah speaks in the way of people. So that's why he did this. So he's going to review this again a little bit more. Good place to stop it over by the word Aval He's going to explain tomorrow why certain things Hashem does not use as a description. Like he doesn't use a shoulder as a description of that. Oh, okay.
Why does God not use a shoulder? Why doesn't he use a stomach? And things like that. We'll talk about that. Tomorrow, Ibir Tzahashem. Okay, okay. Man, Shelly's bombarded in the morning and the night. Wow. Well, you got the new stuff in the morning, huh? Yeah. Is it she? Okay. Can you want to give me the mouse? Okay. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay. Shkoyach.